Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jesse here with Baking Games Fantasy Sports. I'm going to be doing a probably semi-weekly or something podcast for fantasy football right now and fantasy sports all the time. I'll just use this medium podcasting for my hot takes and recaps and my reactions to news over the past week or so, you know, if this is semi-weekly or not, depending on how much I can get out. But um, let's let's just start and get right into it with some baseball. So I've got here in my notes that I should start with uh, baseball signings. The first thing we have is the Edwin Encarnacion signing to the White Sox. Uh, adding another power hitter in the middle of the order is always great, and the fact that it bumps a play, bumps down a player like Eli Jimenez to the sixth spot likely in the order is, is a pretty big deal, I think. Um, Edwin probably has two or three good years left in him, so the reported one-year deal seems kind of as bad, especially since the team might not get there right away, the White Sox. They might not get there right away. They've, they've got two big signings in Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Encarnacion, and they have three inexperienced players coming off career years, so I'm not sure if they can repeat what they did last year. But nevertheless, this is a good signing. Really improves the O. The age for Edwin doesn't scare me. Uh, it's likely, I mean, that he is going to play DH, so really the age isn't an issue, I don't think. Uh, again, just a good signing. Another thing that I just wanted to mention, Cole Calhoun got signed by the Diamondbacks. He's 32 years old. It's a little odd for the Diamondbacks specifically because I don't think they have much of an identity going into 2020. They're probably like a middling team that I think wants to get younger and play their young guys, but especially since they traded away, um, <laughs> you know, their star pitcher in Zach Greinke, and he wasn't old, but he wasn't young for sure. So signing a 32-year-old outfielder who probably play a platoon role isn't great, but it's just something I thought to note. The, uh, the other big deal besides one that we'll get to in a minute is... The Dylan Batanza signing to the Mets. Uh, Chicama is no surprise to anyone who's been following the Mets bullpen. They had the fifth worst ERA in the league last year for their bullpen. And um, Edwin had a pretty bad year. Edwin Diaz had a really bad year. But I still think he could be a really good closer in New York. He's been on and off his years. One good year, one bad year. He had a 2.79 ERA in 2016. Followed up with a 3.27 ERA in 2017. And a 1.96 ERA in 2018. And finally, obviously, he had a really bad year. He had a 5.59 ERA in 2019. Look, two of these look like outliers, the 1.96 ERA and the 5.59 ERA. So I'm thinking Evan falls in the range of high twos, low threes ERA, but he's 26 years old, and a guy with this kind of talent probably isn't done at this age. So I'm betting on him being better than he was last year. So finally, um, with Patances, Diaz, and Lugo, the Mets can finally close out. Eight innings, zero run ball games that DeGrom pitches almost every other game. And then the rest, six innings, whatever they can figure it out. Lugo's a pretty good receiver. Um, I'm not really concerned with uh, Batances' age and his play last year and his injury history. He has a long body of work where he's been really good. Uh, so I'm just really not, <laughs> I'm not super distraught at the Mets signing an older reliever to help fill out their bullpen. Um, he probably won't be taxed as much as he was in years past. So this should probably be helpful for his health. So I think that's pretty good. The big deal that I haven't talked about really at all, I don't think on Twitter or anything like that, is the Hanjin Ryu deal. And I'll talk about that real quick. This is something I haven't touched on on Twitter. I think I must have been occupied when this deal went through. But um, the Blue Jays, I actually thought, were going to be a surprise 70-80 to win team last year. And they finished, I think, with 67 wins or something along the lines. Um, I definitely had them at an above or close to 500 record. So it was tough last year when they didn't really do that but I would say that was probably for a lack of pitching I liked what I saw of Biggio, Gurriel, Bobichette, and obviously Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This this lineup could be really exciting over the next few years with all the young talent they have the only thing they really don't have at all is Ryu 
And honestly, if you can get them 120 innings to 150 innings of three ERA ball, it'll be really good for this club. Now, I understand that they're in a transition period, and I understand that Ryu is older, but four years for, I think it was $80 million, isn't really that bad, even for like a smaller market team like Toronto. I, I'm pretty happy with what they've done. I don't expect him to be an ace and have as good of a season as he had last year with the Dodgers, but... Adding anything to this pitching staff is is monumental. I think really important, especially when there was no way they were getting Garrett Cole. There was no way they were signing other big time starting pitchers to come here. But they can get with with Ryu, and I think he could be a nice number one for this team, who's steadily going to be improving as hopefully the rest of the division falls and you know declines because that division is probably one of the best in sports, if not the best in baseball. All right, it's. As I'm recording this, it's it's Black Monday in the NFL, which hasn't been as bad as I don't think it's been in past years, to be honest. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is Shermer out of New York. I, I get why why you want to get rid of him after two years. He really didn't show much, and I don't really know what his relationship was like with Daniel Jones, but probably not what Gettleman wanted. And I think Gettleman's the huge issue here anyway. The fact that he was kept on, I think, is pretty important, and I'm actually a pretty big fan of it. I loved Saquon at number two. The way he creates space and creates touchdowns and creates big plays is, I think, generational, and I would call him a generational talent. Uh, we just watched him against the Eagles this week, right? Turn turn the game into a game by having that long touchdown that he basically made on his own. He's been insane every year. He was hurt a little bit this year, but what he was doing when he was a rookie and what he's done this year when healthy is the same thing he did to defenders in college, and I watched him for four years at Penn State, and I know this guy can move. He is a generational talent. I think number two overall was perfect for him. Now you're also pairing him, you know, he's only a year older and a year removed from his contract. And you go and you get a guy like Danny Dimes, you know, get your quarterback. I wasn't super enthused of it, or I wasn't super enthused about it when I first heard that Dimes would be the quarterback. But Gettleman liked what he saw, and you got to take a chance on a quarterback. I don't think anyone really knows what they're talking about when the best statistical year, I think, was Gardner Minshew out of all the rookie quarterbacks, and he was a six-round pick. So it's it's pretty much a crapshoot when it comes to quarterbacks. So take who you like, and I'll I'll give you usually a passing grade on that if you just believe in someone and he fits the system really. So with Daniel Dimes and with Saquon Barkley, who I think are two pretty good good picks under Gettleman, we bring in Tate, we have Sterling Shepard, and we have oops, we have Evan Ingram. So we're already building a pretty good offense here. Trading away a problem like Beckham was for a solid line was a pretty good deal. I would call it a stroke of genius, possibly. Um, I'm just overall convinced that any time a position player gets dealt for an O-lineman, the team who got the position player definitely loses out, especially when Odell has such a big contract, even though, you know, Gettleman and the Giants did sign that deal with Beckham. It's, it's such a big deal that I wouldn't feel comfortable, especially with Odell's production this year, of keeping him on and uh, being happy with that deal. So the offense looks pretty good, I think, for the Giants. They had actually a pretty good off- offensive line this year, too. I think Hernandez took a step back, but he's overall a good uh, player. Same thing with, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, man. Same with uh, the guy they signed two years ago. I haven't written it down. For the Patriots, whatever. He, he he had a pretty step back year, but I think he can be overall um, a good player for years to come on this Giants offensive line. Now, let's get to the defensive side of the ball because I thought Dexter Lawrence was a bad pick at the time, and I thought DeAndre Baker was a good pick, and that's kind of been reversed as the year has gone on. The Giants secondary was overall bad, just really bad this year. So I don't think the defense has come together in the way that Gettleman wants it to. And obviously cornerback play and even safety play 
besides Jabril Peppers, has been really bad for the Giants this year. So, you know, obviously there there's some problems here. But I think if bright spots like Jabril Peppers and Dexter Lawrence and maybe even Lorenzo Carter, if he continues to improve, can be mainstays for this Giants defense for years to come. And if they're able to put more defensive talent on that side of the ball, like they can with their top 10 pick this year, I think Gettleman can show with good coaching, you know, maybe Mike McCarthy in there. <laughs> I think that uh, Gettleman can show that he's putting together a good team and he's actually worth what he, uh, or he's actually worth it to, to stay with the Giants. I, I think Giants fans and people who are being a little too reactionary with Black Monday coming up or Black Monday being here right now, I, I think people are too overzealous with, uh, with Gettleman. So keeping on, I think it was pretty good. Okay, let's talk about Freddie Kitchens. So Cleveland's like a dumpster fire again, right? Probably not, I would say, unless something goes terribly wrong in the offseason for them. This is definitely the best job on the market if you're a coach looking to be a head coach. Um, Baker Mayfield had a pretty rough season, but as a sophomore, I don't think it was that bad, especially coming off what he did as a rookie. You know, having the most touchdowns ever for a rookie quarterback is pretty impressive, and I would love, 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 love to be a head coach with Baker as my quarterback for years to come. And it's it's just it's really crazy that the offense was poorly coached by Freddie, considering he did such a good job last year. Um, but Baker, Odell, Landry, Chubb, with an okay if not good parts of an offensive line, I, I just I just don't know how anyone else who's looking for a quarter or looking for a coach can offer anything better than that. If Njoku can come back and be healthy and be a decent tight end, this offense looks really good. The defense obviously isn't as good as it's been in the past. Again, like we talked about with the Giants trading away Jabril Peppers is probably bad, but getting uh, or having guys like Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, and Olivier Vernon are all really good pieces to build around. Uh, the safety play was probably a little bit lacking, and the linebackers are what we in the biz like to call non-existent. And by biz, I mean just anyone who talks sports. Um, <laughs> they they were just really bad. There 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 really is no no team that can offer the amount of talent, just superstar talent that the Browns have to offer. And I think this team can actually be a playoff team next year if they have the right coaching and if they do well in the draft in the offseason. We'll see. Um, they also have two third-round picks this year, which is nice. I think once you get to the fourth round, it's harder to find gems, but the third round's pretty mint. Um, they also, I neglected to mention before in their offense because I'm not sure what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt, but I'm like 90% sure he's under contract next year. And if they deal him for draft picks, which they probably should and probably could get a pretty good deal out of, they can get another maybe second or third-round pick to use. And that'll be pretty nice to offer a head coach coming in, you know, because they have some word with the GM on uh, on trying to draft players. So, yes, let's finish this up. Not a lot really going on in on in Black Monday. On Black Monday? I don't know what to call it. I'm going to go on Black Monday. That, that sounds better. Um, I'll try and check in tomorrow when Marone goes on trial and we get more official word about Jason Garrett uh, if he doesn't get extended, which I don't think he will, and maybe if Ron Rivera gets hired by Washington, which I think would be pretty interesting. So far, though, if Ron Rivera goes to Washington, I don't know if there are a lot of impressive candidates out there for head coaching jobs. I think, man, I don't know. I don't know what Garrett's really like. People seem to really not like his coaching, but I'm, I'm not so sure that he's bad. Um, after him and Ron Rivera, then there's really Mike McCarthy, and I don't if I'm excited about anyone else, unless you can take Greg Roman away, which you'll probably be able to take Greg Roman away, right? He'll probably be the, the best one. Josh McDaniels, getting away from the Patriots, I don't think that'll happen, considering he could have had the Colts job two years ago instead of Frank Reich. I'm not sure that he'll leave, but 
maybe the Browns are able to take him away because honestly, they have such a good, talented team that, you know, Brady's on the decline and the defense is good, but Belichick's probably not going anywhere for the next few years. McDaniels could seek to move. I, I, I think it's entirely possible, although I wouldn't call it lightly. Likely. The one thing that you don't want it to happen to your team is to hire someone like Jeff Fisher. Well, I heard his name being talked about. I think that's crazy that that someone would consider hiring Jeff Fisher. I hope he just doesn't want to come back because also his Twitter game's pretty on point. But yeah, um, let's see what happens in the next week. Because I think something big will definitely happen to a few clubs. So I'll have to check back in. But anyway, thanks for listening. Just a quick roundup of stuff I've been looking at and some news and my takes. Thanks. Bye.